shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. My name is Bradshaw Furlong, once again joined by my co-host, Karina Mustafa. We took a week off last week, but we are back this week. Karina, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Today was my first school-free day Ooh. in a really, really long time. Wow. My goodness. <laughs> so I had a great day. <laughs> You're done school. You are vaxxed up. Got your first shot. I'm jealous of both of those things. Well, even though I'm done school, I'm still very jealous of both of those things. But we are back. We are back. And we are in the meat, the meat of the NBA playoff race. The meat. Uh, I guess the meat of the NBA playoff race. We're getting into the thick of things here. Um, there are many seating things to be decided still in both conferences and some play-in races still to be decided in the Eastern Conference in particular. And let's start there with the absolutely surging, my goodness, the surging Washington Wizards. I, I did not see this coming. If you asked me like a month ago, you're like, hey, Bradshaw, who's going to be the last team in the, in the play-in? I would have said probably the Chicago Bulls, maybe the Toronto Raptors. I'm still high on the Toronto Raptors, but I definitely would not have said the Washington Wizards. They have been fantastic. Uh, so let's talk about the last, the race for that last play in spot where it's kind of now down between like those three teams. I mentioned the wizards who are now holding that 10th spot, two games ahead of the Chicago bulls and Toronto Raptors. If you had to handicap this race, who would you have as your favorite for that last play in spot? Or do you even have a team, maybe like the Indiana Pacers dropping out? Or do you believe in O'Shea Brissett saving their season? Okay. So for the record. (laughs) I think the way the standings are now, like between Miami, Charlotte, and Indiana and Washington, I think those might move around a little bit, but I don't think anyone's dropping below 10. I also don't think Chicago or Toronto is getting into that mix. And, you know, I'm going to give you the floor a little bit later to maybe convince me uh, (laughs) why Toronto should still be in this. But at this point, like with the way Washington's been going, they're I think they're going to hold on to that 10th seed and you know they they beat the Lakers Mm -hmm. 116 to 107 last night Mm -hmm. with Anthony Davis back in the lineup and I I looked I was looking at their schedule for into like the last stretch of the season and only four of their last 10 games going forward are against teams that are above 500 Um, and you know we talked about this off the pod but it hasn't only been Westbrook, you know, Beal's been like a huge factor in this. Mm-hmm. And they're as a duo, they're finally melding. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love it. And, you know, Westbrook's had 13 triple doubles this month, which is insane. But Beal is also averaging 31.3 points per game, which is the highest in the league as of right now. So I don't see this team dropping out of 10th, but I would like to hear your thoughts. <laughs> uh, I... I think I like I still have this dying hope, even as a, a person who shouldn't be a Toronto Raptor fan, uh, and I'm not. But I still have this this thought in the back of my mind, this little nagging thought that like the Toronto Raptors are too good. They're too talented of a team. That starting five is too good. We've seen them be too good to miss the playoffs this season, or even just to miss the play in this season. Obviously, they have an incredibly tough road trip ahead of them. They start tonight against, the, as the day we're recording, they're starting tonight against the Denver Nuggets. I, I just, 
I think they could maybe steal two games off that road trip. I still think they'll find a way to grind two games out of that road trip, whether it be tonight against the, I, I maybe, I, maybe when we post this, I look really dumb and they lose that game. The Nuggets, <laughs> they get absolutely blown out and they lose all four games in this road trip. And they just, they're out of them. They are absolutely out of the race, but I think if they come out of this two and two, they're still in prime position. They come out of that road trip and they get to play the wizards. And that might be a let to maybe that's a letdown game. You, battled so hard to get two games out of that road trip and you might lose the Wizards but I still think the Raptors have a chance but I would absolutely agree that the Wizards are definitely the favorite right now for that 10th spot and like you said like Russ has been absolutely incredible I think Bradley Beal's kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit though I think like last night I think it was House of Highlights posted like something some caption of like Russ or some video of Russ and the caption was like Russ Russ show in the district and I'm like but, but he wasn't even the leading scorer on the team. Bradley Beal led the team in scoring again. He's had he's averaging like 33 points in, his, in, their, in their last like nine and one stretch here in their last 10 games. He's been absolutely incredible. And I feel like it's just like maybe we're almost getting a little numb to it where like Bradley Beal's greatness and his incredible scoring prowess has been so just like, or maybe we're just shocked that Russell Westbrook's playing this well again. Maybe we, we all thought like, oh, he's done. With the Russell we saw at the beginning of the season, he's, he's washed now. But no, I, I I do think the Wizards are probably the favorite. I'm s- still shocked that the Bulls managed to bungle this whole thing. And like they they loaded up at the deadline and we talked about it at the deadline. We said, okay, they got Nikola Vucevic and now him and Zach Levine are going to be this great duo and they're going to make a charge up the standings. They might even get into the eighth seed. They might even get there and have the easier path into the playoffs. But no, <laughs> they lost Zach Levine to health and safety protocols, and they just have not been very good since that trade deadline. Um, I think I, I I would have to agree that I, I, I do have the Wizards probably as the favorite, but I, I'm not giving up on the dream. I'm sorry, uh, Raptor fans. I know I know Raptor fans are probably slowly losing hope, and I should be too, but I just can't see it. I just I had them as the second best team in the Eastern Conference this year, and I think at their peak, I don't know, maybe we're never going to see their peak this season, but... I think they still absolutely can make the playoffs. So let's talk. Let's 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 go with the assumption that the Wizards are the tenth seed, and we go under the assumption that they don't move up. That the Pacers, the Pacers could move up. They're they're only half a game back of the Hornets. Um, do you see any movement between that like four to eight range, maybe four to seven now? Now that the Hornets have kind of fallen back a little bit, do you see any movement there? Like who who would you handicap now? Is your like favorite for the four seed and then going from there like out of the Knicks the Hawks the Celtics and the Heat who do you how do you have them finishing at the end of the season yeah I think out of those I think the Knicks are pretty much locked where they are I think they've just been too good to to drop and I think the most wiggle room there when I was looking at the standings this morning was Atlanta and Boston I think those because Boston's not that far behind either and they're just clinging to the six seed so whether they move up or down who knows um but i think there's a little bit of wiggle room there like even mm-hmm. miami miami might pop out a seven and move mm-hmm. up to six too depending on what happens um but it, it will be interesting to see because now there's less and less games as we're getting to to the end of the season um yeah i i think it's kind of nuts that there could be a world where one of boston or miami finishes in the seventh seed and has to go and that's it right now it's like almost looking like that might be how it is like one of those teams will be in the play-in uh after coming into the season you're like oh there's no way boston and miami like if you told if you if i were to tell you at the beginning of the season 
that Boston or Miami would be one of the one of the four teams in the play-in, and the Raptors wouldn't even make the playoffs. I think you would tell me I'm a little nuts. Um, I, I I would like to think that both Boston and Miami miss the play-in and they avoid it and they they finish a little higher. Uh, part of that is just I don't want to see either of those teams in the first round if I'm the Bucks. Um, I, I'd rather see the Celtics than the Heat. I don't know if that's a hot take, but uh, if you so if you were the Bucks, and even, let's go with all three actually. Let's go if you were the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Nets. We'll start with the Bucks. Who would you want to avoid in the first round? Well, okay, I went about this the other way. Okay, sorry. We'll, said, we'll go with who would you want to see in the first round if you're the Bucks. Okay, and then who would you want to? Avoid? I said I wouldn't mind Bucks Celtics. Okay. okay. Um, I would love to see Atlanta and New York stay at that fourth and fifth spot and mm-hmm. go off against each other. And another reason why I chose Bucks Celtics is because that way, at least one team that I'm not a fan of <laughs> <laughs> will definitely be getting eliminated. <laughs> I was waiting for that reaction. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> you would uh, absolutely know, you're think... che- you're cheering for the Bucks in that series. I already know it's okay. I mean, I don't. Do I have to cheer for someone? I mean, yeah, you you should for like for to be kind to your co-host on the podcast. I think it'd be kind if you cheered for the Bucks. But okay, when have you been kind to your co-host on the podcast? Is the other question. <laughs> I've been kind plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, in public, but you know, <laughs> I've been kind. In the it's DM. all the same. It's all. It all counts the same. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. I won't cheer for the Celtics. All right. Uh, you gave me the bare minimum. I'll take it. I will absolutely take that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, anyway, I'll, I'll take what I can get. That's funny. Uh, yeah, but like, as we said, like Celtics have been struggling. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it'll be interesting to see if they do fall in the standings. And I like that you mentioned Miami because I actually had them here as a tough matchup for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm the Nets... I don't want to see Miami. Um, mm-hmm. Miami is third in the NBA for giving up only 107.4 points while holding their opponents to 45% shooting. And if the Nets don't have all three of their main guys playing, then Miami could definitely give them some trouble if mm-hmm. they get matched up in the first round. Whether or not they can pull off four games against the Nets, I'm not entirely sure, but it will be a good reminder that, that the Nets are not invincible as some people are them on a pedestal <laughs> and what about for the do you, do you have a team for the sixers yeah so for the sixers i was looking at the standings and i was thinking about who would come out of the plane and i would love to say the pacers mm-hmm. good matchup against them i know sabonis and turner are both out until at least may 1st uh so that's a little bit worrisome if they don't have their bigs. But if they don't come out of the plan, it might be worth looking at Washington. Maybe. It's a little tough to predict right now because especially who's going to end up against the Nets and the Sixers mm-hmm. since we don't really know who's still going to be in the plan and who's going to come out. Again, I don't think any of these teams are going to lose in the first round, but no. they aren't sweeping any of these bottom teams at all, I don't think. So it's it'll be fun on some yeah. levels. I, I think I, I generally agree that if I if I was the Bucks, I would, I mean I, I would I think I said I'd prefer to play the Celtics over the Heat. I think they match up. I don't think the Celtics have anyone to go to guard Giannis. I think they showed that two years ago, 
and <laughs> they didn't get anybody else in that time. So I don't. I think they'll still have a little bit of a tough time. Obviously, Jason Tatum's a monster. Jalen Brown's a monster. But um, I definitely don't want. Maybe it's just me getting scarred from last playoffs. I do not want to see the Heat in the first round. I don't think I want to. But I don't want to be like any of these three teams. I don't want to be the Brooklyn Nets, the Sixers, or the Bucks. I don't. Want to, I don't want to be any of these teams facing Miami. If I was them, I would prefer. Like I would hope of all all hope that Miami like moves up in the standing somehow and gets into the four or five. I, I just don't know. I don't know how we can get to, I don't know. I just, in my mind, I don't know if we can get to a point in the end of the season where the Knicks and Hawks are both four or five. Like, I don't, I feel like one of those teams has to fall out. Right. Like I think that has to, one of those teams has to like, if has one to team's going to fall, it's probably going to be Atlanta. Yeah. Like the Knicks are playing too well, right? I mean, you saw it firsthand against the Raptors. They are playing far too well right now. Thank you, Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I got to get Thank my shots in while I can here. <laughs> the Knicks are just playing. Like, the Knicks are playing so incredibly well. We'll get, we'll get deeper into the Knicks a little bit later in the show, but uh, we'll, we'll switch over to the West a little bit. Similar kind of thing here. I don't think there's as much, there's not as much drama for the play in uh, the Pelicans are the closest team to the 10th seed. There's four games back of the, of the Warriors. I'm not saying it's a wrap. The Warriors have been kind of hit or miss lately. They can get blown out by 50 points or they can have a Steph Curry show and win by 50 points. Um, but does that mean they're going to be a good playoff team? Probably not. Let's let's go into more of the seeding aspect, though, because they add, like, the difference between the Lakers at nine, or sorry, at five, I'm not saying they're going to fall, but they're there at five to the Golden State Warriors at 10. They're separated by five games. There is still a lot of movement to be had there, and there's still a lot of teams that could wiggle around. I think the most intriguing match, the kind of the most intriguing seeding aspect here is the 6-7 between the Mavs and the Blazers. With the Mavs being at 10 and being a half game ahead of the Blazers, who do you have finishing higher between those two? Because I, I, I think we can operate to the assumption that the Lakers are not going to fall any further past five. Unless you want to give me a hot so take that the Lakers want to go farther. Unless you want to give me a hot take, the Lakers are going to go even further down the standings. Here's the thing. I really want the Lakers <laughs> to fall to six because I want the Battle of LA to happen. Mm. In the first round. Oh, so bad. In the first round. Do you know how chaotic that would be? It'd, I just... like, it'd be nuts. Like, I that's a think... conference final series. If right there oh yeah oh yeah definitely can you imagine Kawhi and paul george eliminating lebron james <laughs> oh my god that would be perfection it'd be so anyway. cathartic for paul george too like i feel i feel a little bad for paul george sometimes and that would be like one of the most oh people are not happy with paul george today really what, why today what do you do today because i saw it was it was after the game between the suns and the clippers mm-hmm. and a reporter asked Paul George, why is it so hard to guard Chris Paul offensively? And then Paul George was like, next question. Because I think him and him and Chris Paul have, you know, beef or something. And uh, Fair enough. People are not happy with Paul George. <laughs> I didn't like, see that. That's very interesting. It was all over my timeline today. Interesting. I I, yeah, I must have missed it. My, my timeline was filled with NFL draft stuff. So I ah, must have missed the sense. beef between Paul George and Chris Paul. But uh, I will obviously decide with Chris Paul in any beef. So. Uh, but yeah, so if, so go a little, like a little further. So do you have, do you have the Lakers falling? Like realistically, do you think the Lakers fall out of the fifth seed? Realistically, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, when it comes, when I'm comparing Mavs and Portland, I don't think the Mavericks would fall 
under Portland, just because I don't think Portland is as dominant or like you shouldn't be putting all of your, what's the word? Eggs in a basket? You're betting. Oh yeah. Eggs in a basket. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) You don't want to go all, you don't want to go push your chips all in was the other one you were probably going with. Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's the sentiment I'm going for. Anyway, within the play in itself, I think it'll be really interesting. And when I was going back and forth between if the Blazers stay in in that play in area, mm-hmm. they play against the Grizzlies, yep. who I think are an interesting team mm-hmm. because they've beaten the Blazers twice this season. They mm-hmm. did lose to them just recently. And so I'm not really sure who comes out of that. But whoever it is, they'll be matched up against the Suns if the Suns are still second. And I've got to say, that's not even a tough matchup. I think the Suns are going to oh, yeah. take care of whoever mm-hmm. whoever they play against, whoever comes out of the play-in. Um, but yes. And the, we're, we're going so on like so many tangents. Moral of the story, I would like to see the Battle of LA happen in the first round. <laughs> I don't know how, but make it happen. <laughs> I mean, right now the Nuggets are only a, ha- a game back of the Clippers, so that could e- like the, the Nuggets could jump the Clippers, and then we get the four five, and mm. we get it that way instead of the Lake instead of the Lakers falling That's down. True. You could have one of those teams move. You could have the Nuggets move up. Uh, I think I do think though that if the Grizzlies f- matched up against the Suns or even the Jazz in the first round, I don't know. Maybe it's just I've watched a lot of Grizzlies lately because of Jaron Jackson, but. They're so fun. Like they're so fun and they're so they have so much energy on defense. They're everywhere at every time on defense. It's like it reminds me of how the Raptors play defensively, where everyone's on a string with their rotations and everyone is right where they need to be. And you can't get an open look against that team. And but the Grizzlies almost take it up to they almost turned up to another level. And they're just like not only in every shooting lane, they're in every passing lane. They're just everywhere. Maybe again, I just maybe it was because they played hard against the Bucks, but the Grizzlies are so much fun. I think even if they don't win in that matchup against the Suns or the Jazz. And I don't think, again, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think they will. I think they just give whoever it is a very hard time because of just how hard they play and how much of a nuisance they are defensively. I, even if they get swept, I think that's like every, uh, they, all four of those games would probably be like a five point game or something where they wouldn't make it easy on you to beat them. But I, I think I would probably, again, I agree with you again. I feel like I've been agreeing with you this whole time, which is unfortunate, but I think hey. I would have <laughs> I would have the Mavs ahead of the Blazers. I would be this might be a bit of a hot take. I I would I could see those Spurs beating out the Blazers like in the play-in. Like if the Blazers lost that first game to the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies got into the seven seed, and then the Spurs beat the Warriors, which is no guarantee Steph Curry could beat anyone in a one game in a one game playoff, but I think if you get the Spurs and the Blazers, I think you could see the you could see the Spurs kind of upset the Blazers. I think that'd be the one team I wouldn't want to see if I was the Blazers. And I know everyone's talking about, oh, we can get Dame versus Steph in the play-in tournament. That'd be that'd be fantastic. And it would be great. It would be a lot of fun to see them just exchange half-court shots. But something about the Spurs where there's they have so many fun young wing players that it's similar to the Grizzlies where they wouldn't make it easy on you. And I think that might be the one team if I'm the Blazers I would like to avoid, or, I, or that's one of the teams I'd want to avoid if I could miss the play-in. I think the, I think the Mavericks. I don't know what it is, but I think the Mavericks would have no trouble with any of these teams if they got in. I think Luca's playing at an incredibly high level. Uh, obviously, Dame is too, but the Mavs are just playing. Not they're not playing incredibly well right now, but Luca himself is playing amazing, and I would trust him uh, slightly more than Dame to get them through that. But 
similar question to what we had for the East. If you're the top three teams here, and we're going to exclude Denver and the Lakers because the Lakers aren't going to get into the top three and the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, unfortunately, we don't find them to be a championship contender. If you're the top three teams in the, in the West, though, the Jazz, the Suns, and the Clippers, who do you have for the toughest matchups? For Who, who would those teams want to avoid? So I thought a really fun matchup would be Jazz and Warriors. Okay. Because I think raining threes. <laughs> I mean, that's the game, how it is now. And yeah, it is tough. Like all of these matchups, the top of the West is just insanely good. It's just, <laughs> I feel like I'm enjoying the Western Conference a lot it's, more than I'm enjoying the Eastern Conference this year, which is something I've never said before. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am saying it. Um, as for the Suns, yeah, I think I agree with you. I'd like to see them go up against Memphis. I mm. think that would be a really, really fun matchup. Both of them have have great um, interior defense, and it'd be so fun. And you know, the Suns are the Suns are a team to root for, though. And mm. you know, it'd be hard because I really, I really love the Grizzlies, and I really love their fans. I truly think that Grizzlies fans are the best fans out there out of all the <laughs> NBA teams. Yes, get it. <laughs> over the Raptors, eh? Really? Over the Raptor oh, fan I've, base. I've never met a bad Grizzly, <laughs> and I've met plenty of bad Raptors. I, I personally know a Memphis Grizzlies fan. I went to high school with, one of them, with a Grizzlies fan. And are they not amazing? Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Great guy. Okay. Point, point proven. <laughs> and then, like I said before, I'd like to see Clippers Lakers, but that's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be like Clippers Mavs again. <laughs> But like, I do you looking ahead? Like before, like we'll get into playoff predictions when we actually get to them. Would you take the Mavs over the Clippers in a playoff series now? Like, like they were because they were close. They were close in the bubble. People say they were close in the bubble. You don't think so? You think the Clippers? They were close in the bubble, but I don't think they're closer. You think the Clippers are turned the corner now? Like they're they're, they'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. You have a little bit more trust in the Clippers than I do. I like we need to give Lucas some help. He doesn't have help. I have very many takes on Kristaps Porzingis, and not a lot of them are very friendly to Kristaps Porzingis. None of um, them are positive. He's in a very similar. I think the Mavs and Blazers. We can get. Let's dive into the Mavs and Blazers a little bit. I think they're in very similar situations where their number two players, Kristaps Porzingis and CJ McCollum. I would probably trade both of them, not for each other, but not at all. I don't think that would work for either team. <laughs> that would be very odd. Yeah, I don't think that would work for either team, but. Uh, I know people have kind of like, I've seen a lot more people this season. Maybe it's just because Raptor fans are watching the Blazers a lot more. They're like, oh, they need to trade CJ McCollum. It's like, guys, that's been a, that's been a take for a long time. People have been thinking they need to trade CJ McCollum for some time now. And I, I think it's kind of like a Damar and Kyle thing almost at this point where they've been together for so long. And I mean, it's the whole, another backcourt thing that they've haven't had the playoff success. They got to the conference finals, didn't do that well, but I think that's like the, the ceiling for these teams can only be so high when their second best players are not holding them back. I, I will. I don't want to say that Porzingis and McCollum are holding them back, but they're almost holding their star their their stars back in a way because they're not. They're just like well, Chris up Porzingis has his whole has a whole situation unto himself with his injuries, and he can never stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he's still not that good. I see Mavs fans all over my timeline complain about. Pretty much every big man on that roster, except for, I don't know, maybe like Willie Cauley-Stein because he doesn't play very much. But, I mean, I, I just, 
would you could you see either of these teams trading their second bet like Chris Aptorzingas or CJ McCollum in the offseason? I think at some point they have to look at their team and their record and how well they're doing and how much they're not like passing certain obstacles and mm-hmm. kind of look and see, okay, we have to change something. And it might be hard because, you know, when they got Chris Stapps at the beginning, everyone was like, oh my God, there was this huge like, excitement, <laughs> you know, the, the energy it took to take him from New York, um, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But at some point you just got to be like, this isn't working and we have to try something else. It's very interesting that the, like you said, the narrative around that trade was just, oh my God, they got Chris Stapps for Zingas and the, the Knicks, they're so dumb for trading Chris Stapps. And I mean, the Knicks are generally not very smart. We've seen that for the past couple seasons. <laughs> we can debate on how far, how good we think they'll be going forward. But I mean, that would look back on it. It wasn't, it was not a terrible trade. Like the Mavs could, again, theoretically miss the playoffs entirely and be a lottery team. And the Knicks have that pick. The Knicks have the Mavs pick this year. If they, the Mavs got to be careful. Again, I don't think they miss the playoffs. I think they avoid the play entirely, but I think that's a very interesting uh, narrative to watch going forward. So, we have a new segment. I kind of just one night I was just talking to my friends and I was just pitching NBA questions. And I was like, you know what? This might make for a good segment with the podcast. And so we did it. We don't have a name. Well, we kind of have a name. I thought of exam season because I wanted to stress my co-host out a little bit more after she finished her exams, just make her think about exams a little bit more because I'm evil. I'm not a good person. What can I say? As we were going through the questions, we thought, it might be a fun idea to not rip off. I don't want to say we're ripping off highly questionable, but we came up inspiration, but we came up with a name called low key debatable, which is like kind of similar to highly questionable, but it's not close enough where we could be taken to court for it. I don't think I'm not making any money off this podcast. I can't imagine Karina's making any money off this podcast. So we each have whiteboards. I went and bought a whiteboard yesterday because I was unprepared for the segment that we came up with last minute and I have a marker and I have an eraser somewhere. Shout out Evan who thought we were going to be drawing basketball. Uh, oh, he gave us, and... he gave us far too much credit. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, it's much sillier than that. Uh, it's okay. When, when he comes on the pod, he can, we'll have a whole podcast episode where like coaching <laughs> with Evan and he can teach us everything. We'll have like a second. We'll we'll have a segment where we draw up a play, like a, a fake play, and he tells us how stupid it is. Uh, <laughs> I think that might might not be that bad. So we have a list of questions here. We discussed these questions a little bit yesterday uh, off the podcast. Some of them are yes or no. Some of them are either or. Some of them are rankings. We're gonna go through them, and we're going to if we have if we disagree, we debate it a little bit. Maybe we agree, and we say why. Or we just say nothing and we move on without giving our reasons because it's our show. We get the, we make the rules here. We make the rules. You want to debate us? You come on the show or you debate us on Twitter. But you're going to be wrong regardless. So let's stay. Wait, I got to I got to insert the music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so Sorry, we're going to go. start with the playoff theme. I'm just going to go right through that. We're going to start with the playoff theme. And I want to get into the Knicks are very interesting to me. So are the Knicks in the same tier as Boston and Miami? Yes or no? Or C? C C or no? I'm not Spanish. I can't do it. (laughs) So the New York Knickerbockers who are currently in fourth place and ahead of both the Heat and the Celtics, do we have them 
in the same tier as the Sixers, the Sixers, as the Celtics and the Heat. Reveal your whiteboards. Ooh, we disagree. See, I thought we were on the same page as this yesterday, but we apparently are not anymore. So please tell me why they are not in the same tier as Boston and Miami now. It's a very light no. Okay. It's like, it's, it's like not you're, like you're whispering it. You're no? like a no. No. Okay. Yeah. It's like okay. a not yet. Okay. Okay. I think they're on the edge of that tier. I think that the season that Julius Randle is having right now is certainly helping mm-hmm. their case. And I think the point that you made the other day about if he wasn't having the season, I don't think we would be even be having this discussion right now. Mm-hmm. But if they can continue at this level going forward, then I will happily erase my whiteboard <laughs> and write C. But not too much hype yet. I want to see some consistency. I think I was one of the more skeptical people of the Knicks when they first started being really good. Um, I didn't think their defense was as good as it was going to be because they have guys that I don't believe in defensively. But Tom Thibodeau has proven me wrong. Um, They've turned him into a really good defense. Julius Randle has been incredible. Uh, There's there's not many words I can say to describe Julius Randle. He's gotten better at pretty much everything uh, in his game, including defense, which is probably the most important thing he needs to get better at. Um, I just think the level they're playing at right now and the, I, I know they're going to struggle in the playoffs to create offense because they have one guy who creates offense for them. It's Julius Randle. Um, and RJ Barrett kind of works off of him and Derek Rose chips in when he can. And Emmanuel quickly is up and down because he's a rookie. And of course he is. I just, I don't, I, I believe in them for their defense. I, I believe that not defense wins championships, but I believe that defense can raise your floor pretty high. And I think that the Knicks defense has gotten their floor to at least the point where they're going to be competitive with if say, if, even if they met Boston or Miami in the first round, if that ever, if that's not going to happen, but, or it could mean the four five, but I think they absolutely put up a fight against both of those teams. And I, I, depending on how I feel at the end of the season, I might even pick the Knicks to beat them. So I have them in the same tier. I think they are, I think they've gotten to that point. I think they've muscled their way out of the Atlanta Hawks and Charlotte Hornets tier. Did I convince you at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I I, I'm not like, it's not a complete disagree. <laughs> it's just, a, yeah. I would like to see more of it. A little bit, but that's fair. It's their first season being good. And exactly. I don't expect it to continue after this season. Well, long after this season without an actual superstar, no disrespect to Julius Randle, but we shall see. Again, sticking with the theme of the playoffs, we will look towards the top of the standings. Now we'll start, we'll keep it in the East actually. Who goes farther in the NBA playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers? The Bucks currently in the three seed. The Sixers, as I'm writing this, are currently in the second seed. They could bump up to the first seed. They could stay in the second seed. Please, when you are prepared, reveal your whiteboards. I'm going to put mine up because I think mine's obvious at this point. I think that I think I think both of these answers were obvious. Um, I I mean I don't think I need to. I just realized we're not telling the listeners what we're putting up. Well, I you put know 76ers what? Sixers. I think Bradshaw that one was. I think that one was pretty obvious. But yes, yeah, I had the Bucks. She had the Sixers. Um, I don't think I need to explain my thought on the Bucks at this point. I've kind of done that a lot. I think they're more versatile than they've ever been. I think Bud has started coaching more versatility and more diversity in their 
offense and defense. And I think this is the best version of this team. And I think this is a team that can go to the NBA finals. I think this really comes down to if you think they can beat them in the second round, basically, because they're barring them finishing number one, they should face in the second round. So tell me why you think the Sixers go farther than the Bucks, aside from other than breaking my heart. Well, okay. I had two <laughs> points in my nose. And okay. one of them was I chose the Sixers because I like to roast Bradshaw. <laughs> see? You see what I'm saying, folks? It was biased from the beginning. The fix was in. But no, what, what, was, what was the other point? What was the other point for the Sixers? My other point is that I have been on the Sixers side mm-hmm. ever since the season started. Um, I've written multiple articles about them. You can go check them out, whatever. I'm not going to plug them, but <laughs> <laughs> I have been like, I've been behind them and right. I'm not going to leave them standing in the cold right now, just because they're going against the bucks. Ew. Yes, I said, ew. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but <laughs> I did. I did. I absolutely did. I'm just going to let, okay. I'm going to let it be. I'm going to let it be. Um, I have faith in Embiid and I have faith in this team. I think their defense is good. I think they will be a good matchup. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it'll be easy at all for either team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And also I don't want the Bucks to win anything. Oh my goodness. We move. Can you imagine the content that this podcast will have the Bucks win the championship? I will have so many aggressive takes. I will be so insanely it's rude. It's just going to be you talking to yourself because I'm going to go into hiding. <laughs> it's fine. That's what this podcast is anyway. It's the Catfish Podcast. Karina is really just me with a voice changer. That's all this podcast has ever been. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that's we did. Get the... goes, da, 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 da. That's a highly questionable team. <laughs> hey, hey, low-key debatable. We can't, we're not getting, well, I'm not trying to get sued here. Okay, okay. Low-key debatable. <laughs> so the second question will go to the west now and the top two teams in the western conference the suns and the jazz who goes farther between those two teams currently the jazz are number one i have my answer written down already i'm, I'm confident in my answer i'm gonna just i'll ramble a little bit here the suns are the second seed they are one game back of the jazz they could overtake them they've been playing extremely well uh they had a very big win in madison square garden the other night they beat the clippers last night uh, as we're recording this, um, I think both teams looked very impressive. I've been very high on the Jazz this season, but let's reveal our whiteboards. Oh, I have neither. I have copped out, and I have said neither because let me explain myself. If you think about it, the Jazz are going to play in the, the in the second round. The Jazz will most likely play the Los Angeles Lakers. In the second round, the Suns will play the LA Clippers. I think both teams are just going to lose in the second round. It's not fun. It's not a fun way to look at it, but I absolutely think both teams are just going to get knocked out. Maybe, I mean, maybe the suns last a little longer. Maybe the sun shines a little longer. That was a bad, a bad joke, but maybe the suns go a little longer than the jazz and they get knocked out in six games as opposed to five, like the jazz do. I just, I, I would like to see the jazz beat the Lakers. I want to see anybody beat the Lakers, but I think it'd be really great to see the Jazz beat the Lakers after all the things people have said about them all season. I just, I see both teams as second round exits at this point, but tell me why you picked the Suns. I've decided that I'm on the Suns train. Okay. Yes. I think that they, 
I think that they have a good chance of making the Western Conference Finals, even if they get matched up against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should be counting them out. Uh, they have, like I said, mentioned before, like they have good interior defense. Um, they're fun. They're really good. <laughs> and I just, you know, they're filling the hole in my heart. The Raptors filled the Raptors filled. They're filling the Raptors hole in my heart. Yes. Okay. That's the wording. <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> oh boy. But there was, there will never be someone who can fill the Gary Trent Jr. sized hole in your heart. i was gonna make such a bad joke yep i know i know i know oh god (laughs) my goodness (laughs) oh i knew as soon as i said it that was it could only have gone poorly (laughs) that was too good oh okay i'm sorry i'm ready now that was that was that was that was that was perfect that was really good oh i'm literally crying (laughs) oh okay (laughs) so the suns (laughs) yes i think they're really good and Mm. i think that like this year they have a chance to really go far if they want to and um i don't think like as long as they don't back down from whatever team they're up against i think they have a really really good chance that's fair i i I would like to i if i didn't cop out i would say that they probably have the best chance in their second round matchup because we just saw them beat the la clippers last night um but yeah i don't know um I just I have a hard time believing either of those teams. It almost seems destined that the Lakers and Clippers meet in the conference final, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm being a pessimist and I'm just giving into the narrative that the LA teams are gonna just dominate everybody. And I would love to see the Suns and the Jazz do something about it. Let's go into some more big picture questions. These are more these are all gonna be questions about either one player or a group of players, depending on what kind of topic we're going about. So this is more of the see or no, as we had in the first segment. That's our first question. But Jason Tatum, and this is kind of the idea that sparked this for me. Will Jason Tatum win an MVP in his career? I think for me, it's relatively easy. But are you prepared? Please show your whiteboard. All right, we agree. We both said yes. We finally agree. Start us off. Why do you think Jason Tatum wins an MVP in his career? Yeah, I think we saw his breakout year and we saw his importance to this Boston team. I think he's an extremely talented athlete. And my only thing is like with Jalen Brown by his side, I'm wondering how much that hurts his case. But Mm. I do think that Jason Tatum, I was going to say Jason Brown, Jason (laughs) Tatum (laughs) is like, he's definitely going to win an MVP in his his career. He's, He's shown us that he's capable of, you know, taking care of his team and and being the guy that he can carry it Mm -hmm. on his shoulders. I think the only thing that holds him back at this point, um, oddly enough, I think is his teammates um, and actually his coaches as well. Again, I've never been a big uh, Brad Stevens guy, but I think that, I think that's kind of what's held him back so far is the lack of team six. Oh, and he hasn't been great until last season, but I absolutely think he can win MVP in his career. I think the prototype now is like, 
a wing player that can get his own shot and play really good defense. And that's exactly what Jason Tatum is. That's what wins championships now are wing players like Kawhi and LeBron and Kevin Durant that can defend and get their own shot. And that's what Jason Tatum is. And I have a hard time believing he will not win an MVP in his career. So we agree on the first one. Number two, will Bam Adebayo win a defensive player of the year award in his career? Again, I think this is a pretty easy one, uh, but we'll see what we say. Three, two, one. We both agree yet again. All right. We both said yes. Uh, I'll start this one. I think Bam is, I think he has a chance to win multiple defensive player of the year awards. I think we could see him almost be not a Rudy Go, not a Rudy Gobert type of player, but a Rudy Gobert kind of guy where he wins multiple defensive player of the year awards, whether that's two, three might be pushing it, but I could absolutely see him win a couple. Uh, he's such a versatile defender. Like he is what Ben, not what Ben Simmons thinks he is, but he's in that similar mold to what Ben Simmons thinks okay, he you is. Can say it. <laughs> well, like Bam guard, really guard, guards out in the perimeter because he's not a traditional center size. He's more compact and he's more mobile. He can guard on the perimeter. He's a great rim protector. He's just, he's so good. He's so, so good. I love Bam Adebayo so much for as much as he broke my heart in the playoffs last year. He's so fantastic at both ends of the floor. Um, I absolutely could see him winning multiple defensive player of the year awards. Uh, I'm assuming you share the same sentiment as me. Yeah. And you, you mentioned last year's playoffs and you know, that incredible block against Tatum, it will forever remain in my memory. And <laughs> he, you know, he, he made the NBA all defensive second team uh, last season, mm-hmm. right? 2019, 2020 last season. Yes. Um, and I, I, like, I think you're right. I think he, he will win several of them uh, mm-hmm. throughout his career. And, you know, you can even think about when, when precious came in through the draft, mm-hmm. they were already comparing him to Bam. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're comparing the rookie to Bam already, when Bam is also pretty young, I think that's, that's indicative of where he's going and how good he is. I think we might see him win a defensive player of the year as early as next season. If I'm being honest, um, he's been, he's that good in my opinion, but switching gears, same award, different player. Will OG Ananobi ever win a defensive player of the year or a little different? He's more of a perimeter defender, but where do we stand on this one? Three, two, one. So we disagree. I have no, and she has yes. So I will let you again, go first. You are the resident Raptor fan here. Tell me, convince me why OG will win defensive player of the year. Okay. First of all, this is what I have in my notes. He should. I don't know if he will, but he should. <laughs> which is why I did put C down. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. You know those graphs, like from like NBA math and like mm-hmm. those pages, and they always Great put account. out like with the faces of the players, mm-hmm. and like OG is always there above mm-hmm. everyone else. <laughs> He's never in the conversation, mm-hmm. and you know, I think. He probably has a higher chance of making an all NBA defensive team before oh, yeah. he wins defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. but he needs to be in these conversations. And the mm-hmm. way he's going to be in these conversations is if we talk about him. So let's talk about <laughs> him. Like OG, and we were talking about this the other day, but OG is our most important player. Yeah. Like, our, okay, I say our, sorry, <laughs> not you. <laughs> is my no is the raptors most most important important player player. there we go and it's because of his defense like Mm -hmm. the fact that he keeps us in games and i was telling you the other day off the pod when those stretch of games when he was out Mm. was the most miserable i've ever been (laughs) don't remember such a dark time like that but oh my goodness (laughs) 
brought you salvation. My goodness, I didn't realize OG Ananobi was like a save the savior. Yes, OG Ananobi is the savior of my mental health. Anyway, my goodness. Yes, he deserves to be in this conversation, and I put C down because mm-hmm. I think he should win it, and I I don't know if he will, but he should. Okay, I agree. For the most part, he'll be in the conversations. I think he'll absolutely be all defensive team. He'll he'll get on multiple all defensive teams. Um, I think it'd be a crime if he didn't. Uh, I think the only thing that holds him back from an all defensive team this year is the missed games. He's been spectacular. He's going to keep being spectacular. My only thing is that what holds him back is it's so incredibly difficult for a wing player or any perimeter defender to win defensive player of the year. Like you have to be a special, special defender to win defensive player of the year as a perimeter defender. Kawhi had to do it. And Kawhi is one of the best defenders we've ever seen. And it's not me saying OG Ananobi can't get to that level of, def- of defense. I'm not trying to say OG Ananobi is going to be a bad, like a, not a bad defender, but he's not going to be like worthy of that, of those accolades. I, again, I actually think he'll be in the conversations. I just think, I don't know if he'll get to the level of that special, special defender, a perimeter defender where we see him uh, win a defensive player of the year. He guards again, like you mentioned with those, with those, with the grass from NBA math and they showed his, they showed defensive versatility and he was like separated from the entire pack in terms of his positional uh, defensive positional versatility. And I'd be like, he's a, he's a very, very good defender. I would border on saying, a top three perimeter defender, top three, maybe like top five like defender in the entire NBA at this point. I just don't know. I just, I'm hesitant to say he's going to get to that level. That's my only, that's my only thing that's holding me back is I don't, I don't want to say he's going to get to that level um, just yet, but he, he'll, he absolutely will deserve to be in the conversations. We'll finish up with the award predictions. We'll go with a back to the MVP award and with Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans, and if he will ever win an MVP, a Most Valuable Player Award, I think he is a very special talent. He is a very special player. He has been fantastic in his quote-unquote first full season in the NBA. He not his rookie season, but his first full season. But Karina, whenever you are ready, please. Show me your, but you seem like you're written writing the great American novel right now. My goodness. I am excited to see what we have here. So three, two, one. What do we have? Okay. Interesting. Okay. So I have, yes, Karina has no, but in brackets, as long as he's a member of the New Orleans Pelicans, which I find very interesting. So uh, I'll go, I'll get my case out of the way first. Um, I think Zion is incredible. Uh, obviously I think everyone can agree with that. I think everyone kind of held him back at the beginning of his career because he thought, Oh, he's this big guy. He's not, all the weight on his knees. It's, he's going to be really hampered by injuries in his first season. He was hampered by, oh, I hated, I hated that narrative, but you know, what's really funny. And I mentioned this last night to one of my friends, you know, what's really funny about this season. Everyone's saying, man, this compact schedule is really like everyone's getting injured because of this compact schedule and all these guys are breaking down. You know, who hasn't broken down yet this season? Zion Williamson, who everyone thought would be breaking down because of his weight on his knees. Zion's been absolutely fine. And that's going to be a theme. In my opinion, that's the theme of his career. Uh, he is going to be, he's going to be special. He, I could absolutely see a couple MVPs uh, in his career. As long as he shores up his defense a little bit, which I'm confident he will. It's his first full season in the league. He's a bad defender because he's a still technically a rookie in my eyes. But tell me why you say no and why he has to leave the Pelicans and your big market bias. 
That was so harsh. <laughs> yeah, no, I think as long as he's in New Orleans, I hmm, I don't see it happening because okay. here's the thing. New Orleans, Anthony Davis left, right? Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis was their MVP for mm-hmm. so long. He hasn't won an MVP award. Tyon Williamson in New Orleans, with the way things are going, nothing much has changed. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're still not good. Mm-hmm. Um, like we thought they would be at the beginning of the season because they had, you know, an okay start, but they're back to what they were before. And unless like that organization starts to make, you know, big changes, right? Just we skeptical. Sorry. <laughs> but I think that if he somehow ends up on another team, I don't know which one, don't ask me which one, mm-hmm. but I think he does, like he can win MVP for sure. Classic ESPN Karina, just trying to push the players out of the small markets into the big markets. Classic. That's all I can say is I'm sorry. <laughs> big market bias doesn't want the smaller markets to succeed. Doesn't want parity at all in the NBA, let me tell you. No, I I, I do I do I, I see what you're saying, and team success rightly or wrongly has factored into the uh, MVP discussion, but I, I think he's just too transcendent. But I think like my yes is just like, whether he's a Pelican or not, he's winning an MVP. He's going to put it this definitely. way. Would you put him over Julius Randall right now or like going forward? Sure. At either or, but yes, both. Yes to both. So right now you'd put him over Julius Randall. If I got to choose between either of them for this season, like if I had to choose someone for my team for this season, I'm picking Zion. Absolutely. Interesting. He's he is he is special. Uh, I actually forgot we had one more uh, see or no uh, for a player uh, player's career here uh, because I'm I'm good at my job. Uh, Will Donovan Mitchell ever win a championship? Um, Yes or no or see or no. I apologize to our producer for not getting that right the first time. I am. I, I, I struggled with this. I thought about this quite a bit, but reveal your boards in three, two, one. Wow. Okay. We, we disagreed on this more than in a way I did not expect. So I had no Karina had yes, but then in brackets, uh, I hope so (laughs) tell me why. Yes. Uh, and do you think it is with the jazz or do you think he gets pushed to a big market? That was so salty. (laughs) I really want him to. Mm -hmm. I I start like, just like you, like I really struggled with this question. I think out of all of them, I looked at this one for like 10 minutes because I honestly, (laughs) like, I don't know Um, whether or not it's with the jazz. hmm. It seems like that window is now. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're currently the top seed, you know, even if it's not this year in the next, you know, two or three years it Mm -hmm. seems like this is the time that they have to get him a championship now otherwise it's not going to happen with them Mm -hmm. whether it happens with someone else I mean you always want to see players like this win a championship I think I absolutely love Donovan Mitchell um I think he's I really enjoyed watching him go up against Jamal Murray last season Mm -hmm. in the bubble that was incredible but yeah, so you always want to see a player like that win a championship. And I honestly hope he does. Mm-hmm. But the longer that he stays with the Jazz, and if they can't capitalize on this window that they do have when they are somewhat, 
I don't want to say dominant because dominant's not the word, but they're high in the standings really high because they're first. So <laughs> I think it has to happen soon. If it doesn't happen, it's not going to happen with the Jazz. I said no because I don't think he can be the best play, the best perimeter, the best scoring threat on a championship team. I again, I like, I love Donovan Mitchell like you do. I love that Utah Jazz team, and I, I would love to see them win a championship. I just. I think I'm falling into the narrative now where I think you need to be like, you either have to have an MVP candidate or like a very special wing player like Jason Tatum to win a championship. And I don't see that with the jazz um, as depressing as that, like it's almost as pessimistic and depressing as that may be. And it really, it really limits how many championship contenders there can be in a season where you can almost argue to me that I, I would hear an argument like, and I don't like admitting this, but I would almost hear an argument that the Bucks are not one of those teams because of Giannis's limitations. But I make myself believe every season because he's an MVP and a generational talent. But I just don't know if he can be the best player, the best scoring threat uh, on a team. I, I, I don't say best player because you can argue with him and Gobert, who's the best player on that team. But either way, I don't think he can be the best scorer uh, on a team and win a championship. So unless he, unless the Jazz find a way to get a better scorer which i don't think they can do at this point i don't think they're signing a free agent uh to that market and they're too good to get a player that'll be high in a draft that that can become a superstar uh it'll be very hard for donovan mitchell to do it and i don't want to see him leave the jazz but that would be in my opinion the only way to do it but i don't think he's going to do it there is something that just popped into my head it's like Dwayne wade Mm -hmm. just became one of the owners right Mm -hmm. so that could have a pull on someone, but maybe, maybe, maybe that could be a factor. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this, but I thought for a split second, you were going to say Dwayne Wade became one of the owners. Maybe he comes out of retirement. And I was like, Trina, where are you going with that? That is a scorching hot take. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out of retirement. He's in his forties. It doesn't matter. He's winning a Dwayne Wade's bringing Utah championship somehow. Uh, that That'd would be, be the most random thing to happen ever. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that were, was where that was going, but. That would have been interesting. Um, two questions left. I'm going to save one for, I'm going to save one in particular for last. We're going to go with who will finish with the better career, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, the two kind of MVP favorites. So it's between this guy and this guy. <laughs> okay. I'm plugging Dana stuff. I'm, I'll, I'll link her at Z shop when we post this, but yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Three, okay. two, one. We, we wow, agree. we both had Nikola Jokic. I am I'm actually kind of shocked we agreed on that. Uh this one yeah, was also very too. tough. This one was also a little tough for me. I also thought uh I also thought long and hard about this one. I thought it was gonna be um it was it's it's close. I, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Uh but yeah. tell me why you went with Nikola Jokic. Yeah, so I went with Jokic for a couple of reasons. Um, I think that if Embiid and the Sixers don't win a championship this year and Murray, Jamal Murray eventually returns to this team when mm-hmm. he recovers, I think that the Nuggets have a much better chance at being uh, a team that has a shot at, at a championship over mm-hmm. the Sixers. Um, so I think it's worth doing a double take on whether – Embiid is going to be the one with a better career, but it might actually be Jokic if this is what mm. happens. I also think it depends on who wins MVP this year. Mm. 
So, you know, like both of them have been like the top two in these discussions. I think they're the top two, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that this, that's like, that's going to dictate the discourse around these two players, whoever does end up winning it this year. And it affects them mentally too. Like, I don't know if this ex- like how to explain it, but especially like with the players like this, like, and you know, no, you know, Embiid wants that MVP. Mm. And if he doesn't get it, <laughs> I don't know how much, how much that's going to help him. Um, <laughs> But Jokic, I think the way that he plays, like his game, he's just so adaptable and he's so good. And I, I think it'll end, he will end up having the better career. But like you said, there is no right or wrong answer here. Like these are two phenomenal uh, big guys who are going to have successful careers anyway. I, I agree. I think that one of the things that held me back from this was that uh, Embiid is, it, it's weird to say, but he's going to be eligible for more awards. Uh, it's simply because he'll be, he has a chance to win multiple defensive player of the year awards as well. Nikola Jokic probably will never win. If he ever, if he wins defensive player of the year award, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'll do. I think that'd be really funny, but, um, it'll be a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> but I think <laughs> it'll, it'll be very hard. Um, it'll be very hard to see. Embiid win an MVP past the season like this is the best we've seen Embiid and not to say that he'll never have a season like this but this was best case scenario for him and he's still not going to make it and part of that reason is part of the reason why I went with Jokic as well as the injuries and I think that Jokic's game is going to age very well he's he doesn't rely on athleticism whatsoever uh, because he has none no offense Nikola Jokic but uh, his his game will age very well, whereas Joel Embiid, not saying he won't age well, but it's not going to age as well as as Nikola Jokic's game will. So I think he'll have I think he might have a longer career and a longer string of dominance in a way. He'll he'll be he'll be better for a longer period of time than Embiid will. Uh, so that was kind of the deciding factor for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. So finally, we have a rank these four players, but I'm throwing a curveball at my co-host. I changed oh, I changed one of these players in my mind last night and I forgot to tell her. So I thought it'd be fun to just do it right on the show. Do you see why I roast him now? Okay. <laughs> so it'll be between these four point guards. Shea Gilgis Alexander, John Morant, De'Aaron Fox, and Trey Young. Because I am very curious to see where Karina has Trey Young in particular. We originally had LaMelo Ball. I cannot believe you took LaMelo out but <laughs> Trey Young. Oh, my God. So I just made my life so much easier. I'm very interested to see where she puts – that's the main reason I did this uh, because I want to see where she has Trey Young. We because And we actually initially agreed on what our lists would be ahead of time, and now I think it's more fun if we don't know what we have. So Okay, wait. I thought this would be easier, but it's not. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not easier. Maybe you're just trying to figure out how low you can put. You can't put Trey Young at number five. There's no five players here. You can't put him below four as much as you may want to. Um, Hmm. I might have a hot take with this, but I do not care. That's fine with me. Um, Yeah. So... Whenever... That SpongeBob meme where it's like four hours later. Okay. <laughs> I am ready. So whenever you are ready, are you ready? No. No. Okay. Okay. Actually, this will be funnier if I do it this way. Okay. okay. So I, I, I just also thought that the, those four point guards were probably closer in terms of like where you'd want to put them going forward. Um, Lamelo, I think, kind of is a tier above at this point. Well, at least from the small sample he showed us. I. 
kind of pretty easily had LaMelo number one, despite those other three being my top three favorite players in the NBA, uh, including De'Aaron being my number one favorite player. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought Trey Young was going to be a more interesting discussion, not just because Karina doesn't like him very much, but also because I think he's closer to these guys than LaMelo is at this point. Are you ready, Karina? Yes? Okay. Three, two, one. Interesting. Okay. We have generally the exact same list. I just more, I more assertively had uh, Trey at number three over De'Aaron Fox. Karina had, so I'll, I'll, I'll list it out for the people listening. I had Shea number one. Karina had the same thing. I had John Morant number two. Karina had the same thing. I had Trey Young and De'Aaron Fox three, four. She had those two, three, four as well, but she said that those two are interchangeable. Tell me why Trey Young and De'Aaron Fox are interchangeable. Yes. So I think that both of them um, are equally, maybe not equal. Okay. They're very important to their teams, to their respective teams. Mm -hmm. And I think they're both very talented, (laughs) you know, even though I don't like Trey, but they're both very talented um, point guards. And I do think that I personally like De'Aaron Fox's game more than Trey Young's, as I've explicitly <laughs> told you before, because I am one of those people who does not like it when Trey draws those, oh, oh, really bad <laughs> fouls. That is not basketball, in my opinion, but which is why I put him at four. Okay. Um, but I do think overall they're very they're very close mm-hmm. into how I would compare them. And you know, Shay putting him at number one, he's just I love his game. Mm-hmm. It's so fluid and oh I just he's so good. And you know he's so fun. OKC is how they are this season, but their future is so big. And mm-hmm. you know, we we always joke about all those draft picks, but Come on, there's there's sixth and seventh graders out there who who don't know what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jaw number two, I think Jaw is also a really good player, really incredible, and I loved his rookie season. And you know, with his like injuries that he's had, I just want to see more of him on mm. the court and being on this Grizzlies team, which is just so fun. And I and I do hope he gets to experience the playoffs because that that's going to be like a, I feel like that's going to be like a, a turning point for him. Right. And yeah, that's why I put those players where they are. So I had, I think my toughest decision was Trey young and John ja Morant for who has the two, three. I think I was in a complete agreement that shade number one with a bullet. He's a better defender than any of the other three guys. We know how, we know how bad Trey young is defensively. Um, John Morant, as much as I love him and I have his jersey behind me, he has not been good defensively whatsoever. Um, He's been arguably one of the worst defenders in the NBA, and that pains me to say it. But I have faith that he gets better at that. I have faith he gets better. I have faith that he gets better defensively. I have faith that he improves his three pointer. Uh, In his last five games, I believe he's shooting something ridiculous, like forty five percent from three. Like he's getting really confident in his three. A part of that is teams are just leaving him wide open. Like they're giving him the Giannis treatment sometimes, which is a little disrespectful. But if you're shooting 29%, that's what you got to do. Um, I, I think Trey gets, I think Trey is a very special, special offensive player. I know the jokes about his game are what they are, but outside of the foul baiting, 
and stuff like that. He is a special offensive player. And it really is just the defense for me. Uh, I don't think he ever gets better defensively. Um, like a significant amount. Like I do think John Morant does. Um, I think his, his game, his offensive game again is what it is. He's going to keep baiting for fouls. Even if they change the rules, he's going to do that all the time. Like he, and that's just, that's part of, that's part of his game. Now it's what he's developed into his game. Uh, I don't, I just don't think his defense gets to a point where I'm comfortable, where I can have him on my team and I feel comfortable having him out there in a crucial moment in a playoff game. I don't think that his offense will ever make up for that in my eyes. Maybe I'm overrating how bad he is defensively, but that's just how that's, that's what it was for me. And then De'Aaron Fox, my favorite player. And it was hard as hell to put him number four. Uh, I, I, I feel so bad. I did. I did. Uh, but he's the oldest of the group. I don't think he has as much room to improve as the other guys. I don't know if he ever develops a consistent three point shot um, where teams need to really guard it consistently. Uh, but he's always going to be so exciting. If you made me like power rank, how exciting these guys are, he would absolutely <laughs> be number one. He is so much fun. Um, his defense is also suspect just as John Morant's is. It's not quite as bad as Trey Young and John Morant's, but I, again, I don't know if he'll ever get to that point where he's a really good defender or even just an above average defender, but we'll see. Uh, I felt bad putting Jared Fox down there, but that was kind of, he was kind of the easiest one out of the four to put at, to put at the end, to put at the end there as, as much as that pained me to say. I'm going to have, you know what? I'm going to do one more, one more just for fun because it, as we're recording this, oh boy. it's NFL Fair draft boss. day. It's NFL draft day. All day, huh? And we're, you know what? And, uh, Karina's not a football fan whatsoever, but I'm going to give her two names for who the Atlanta Falcons might pick. She can just randomly pick one of them that doesn't even, she'll have no context for either of these players. What happens matter. if I'm right? If you're right, then I'll give you a pat on the back when it's safe. Um, <laughs> you can I'll, I'll send you a wallpaper of whatever player gets drafted by the falcons and you can be a falcons fan uh so the falcons are down to two players in my mind they're down to two players uh they should both be there at number four one is tight end kyle pitts our generational pass catcher and the other is quarterback justin fields a georgia native he went to georgia for his college years uh, and then transferred because he was not getting any playing time and went to Ohio State. So the, he could be a homecoming story, come back to Georgia, or they could get this uh, a generational uh, pass catcher who can really improve their offense this season with an aging quarterback. Who do you think they take between those two players? <laughs> First of all, shout out Casey Dobson, because without her, I would not know any of these names. But because we recorded Ball Busters earlier this week, <laughs> I have heard both of those names. Yes. So shout out Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. With that, you didn't, uh, come into the, you didn't come into the super blind, which is good. Yeah, I didn't come into it super blind. I think when we talked about Kyle Pitts on the podcast, I think he was the guy where they mentioned that even though he was good, she was kind of skeptical of how sustainable he can be. I think okay. it was him. I could be also completely <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Again, Karina so, is not a football fan whatsoever. This is just fully me being mean and indulging yeah. myself because I'm a Falcons fan and I want to get someone's opinion who doesn't know uh, either of these players very well because I've overthought I this also, for months now. I also saw your tweet about like, are the Falcons going to make a bad decision? Oh yeah, the Falcons. So, are, the, the Falcons are just—they're the Falcons. They're—they're—they're they're, they're prone to do something dumb at all times. So. It could not be. It could be neither of these players, and I would 
I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be upset, but I wouldn't be shocked. I'll say Justin Fields. Justin Fields, it is. The successor to Matt Ryan uh, getting drafted at number four. I would love to have Justin Fields uh, get drafted by the Falcons. I think that was that's who I would have number one if I had to pick, but uh, I would, would I would be fine with either. But uh, that's that's me nodding along like I understand what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but that'll do it for the uh the football segment of the this basketball podcast um and that'll do it for us for the entire basketball podcast I hope you guys enjoyed our new segment please let us know uh if you've listened this far please let us know if you enjoyed that we'll be back next week we're going to be doing some award predictions next week I filed my award predictions into dunking with wolves the other day so I have mindset, except for maybe one award. I'm kind of flip-flopping on one, but we'll get into that next week. We'll have our award predictions. Hopefully we'll have some more clarity on the playoff picture. And as we get closer to the playoffs, we'll have a bit of a playoff prediction as well. Maybe we'll get a guest on for either of those shows. But this has been the Shoot Your Shot podcast. Karina, do you have anything to plug before we go? We have merch at Unbenched. And today when we were recording it, we do have a 10% discount code, which is I think draft day or something. Go on our socials. You'll find out at unbenched underscore. We have great merch. Go get it. They do have great merch. I'm hoping I can schmooze my way into getting some free merch one day. Maybe not. We'll see. We do giveaways all the time. I think we're doing it. Exactly. So for Karina Mustafa, I am Brad Zafferlong. Please follow us on our social medias at ShootShotPod. That is our podcast account. I am at OMG Bradshaw on Twitter. Karina is at KarinaMM on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot.